Welcome back to 40 in a Podcast. We're not the best podcast, but I can't think of a way to finish that sentence. And back to our irregularly scheduled programming. I'm back again with Justin. What's up, buddy? Not much. Um, ready to drink. I have a Newcastle. Nice. I haven't had a Newcastle in a while. A cup of coffee. Uh-huh. And a Yeti full of ice water. So I'm in. I'm ready for this. <laughs> Man, you've got all kinds of beverages. I just have beer. Well, I went out and decided to eat uh, 10 buffalo hot wings, which were good. Not super hot, but good. Yeah. And drink about, you know, five Shatterbox. So nice. I need all this to keep keep everything in order now. I agree. <laughs> I've got a um, an 11 below 7 iron. It's a Blondale. Um, and I'm actually, and if, when, when it comes time for it, the other beers I have with me are Shiner Box. Good old Texas standard Shiner Box. Um, that 11 below brewery, do you know where that is? If I remember right, it's pretty much, you know, like less than a mile away from where I grew up. Yes. The neighborhood, the neighborhood you and I grew up in, it's like across the street from that. (laughs) So I need to make it down there one day and go check it out. You too. Friend of the podcast, Misty, who goes there frequently, apparently, according to her Facebook page. We have friends of our podcast. I'm surprised anyone likes us that much. We have one. We have another one that's going to hopefully join us soon. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Right. You got any uh, anything worth talking about, man? You see anything new? Listen to anything new? Uh, easy one. And, you know, we already talked about this. The Andre the Giant documentary. Oh, yeah. Dude, that yeah. was so good, wasn't it? I cried a little at times. It was, it's, it was so it – was, it was money-making. It was, it was smart. It was truthful. And it showed – like, I guess when I think about it, I came into Andre's life – or wrestling life a little bit later. Yeah. He was, he, he was more heel than the time I watched him. I mean, there was a little bit, I remember him being face, but he was more heel in that time. And I realize now that it's like, he spent most of his career as a face. And oh, I guess totally. I didn't, didn't know that. I remember seeing him um, on an episode of raw when he was like on crutches. And that's like the only time I remember seeing him on TV, like on an episode of wrestling. I remember seeing him. I had a VHS tape. Uh, it was Hulk Hogan, the real American, I think it was called. And mm-hmm. it had a steel cage match with Hogan and Andre. And I used to watch that over and over. But like, you know, just happen, happening to tune in one day and see an Andre. I don't remember happening too much. After watching that documentary, I kind of felt bad for the guy. I mean, he didn't seem bad about it. Like he wasn't upset at his situation, but it, it seemed like he really just wanted to be a regular dude, like just a regular guy. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, it seemed like he, he enjoyed, he both enjoyed and hated what he did to some degree. Cause it's like, he wanted to be able to almost like you're saying, like be a regular guy, but it's like, he wanted to put on that costume at the same time. Right. And it's a huge love hate thing. I had to look it up by the way, just to know from the date. Cause this is probably how far back wrestling goes for me. Cause I remember WrestleMania three for one reason. And I saw in the documentary, the entrance was these little moving like cart yes. things that were rings. Yeah. And I remember watching that as a kid because I remember the slam, you know, the slam heart around the world. Right. And that documentary put that entire match into a whole new light because you just didn't realize how much like he was in charge versus Hogan, who was not in charge at all. Well, I mean, that's like what they talked about in that documentary. If Andre didn't want you to win, you didn't win. If Andre wanted to hurt you in the ring, 
Andre would hurt you in the ring. He sent Big John Stun running. <laughs> that was funny to me. Like Big John, Stun, he was a huge dude. Yeah, he was. But, but he pissed off Andre, and so Andre beat him up in the ring. <laughs> and then he went running, th- thinking that Andre was going to kill him afterwards. That's yeah. funny to me. That's hilarious. There was actually, do you, uh, you remember Kamala, the Ugandan giant Kamala? Vaguely. I don't um, remember what he did half the time, to be honest. Look him up and, and you'll probably recognize him. Uh, he, so Andre and Kamala went into a program at one point in time and something happened in the ring. They made, Andre made Kamala mad. Kamala was not a small man. He's, he's still alive, actually. Kamala was not a small dude. And he uh, told Andre, you know, what are you doing out there? And this, that. Got mad at Andre. And Kamala was afraid of retribution from Andre. So in his tights, which was like a little loincloth thing, yeah. he had thrown in there like a, a secret little pouch. And he hit a gun in his tights until Andre passed. Like he was He was that afraid of him. that's a real thing there's a little quick eight minute documentary on kamala on youtube somewhere and he tells that whole story i remember kamala now i just looked up a picture of him yeah not a small dude he's part of uh, undertaker's streak he lost in a casket match at wrestlemania maybe that makes sense i can't remember exactly which one it was uh i watched i tanya a few weeks back dude it's really good Margot Robbie and Allison Janney are great. I mean, really great. And the dude that plays Jeff Galuli is good too. But the whole that whole movie, um, I rented it and on the on you know Amazon or whatever. And my wife was like, I thought this was gonna be stupid, but this is one of the best movies I've seen in a while. And it really was. It's super entertaining. Yeah, it's super entertaining. Um, I mean, I don't feel bad for Tanya Harding at all. She (laughs) you know, she what happened happened and hey sorry about your luck but I mean, it gives you some perspective into how she came up and all that kind of stuff too do you remember when she did the uh celebrity boxing like years after the the whole uh nancy kerrigan thing happened it talks about that oh, does it really <laughs> she's like yeah how else am i gonna make money <laughs> that is so true yeah she turns out she's like a she has like her own landscaping business or something now and then in the end credits it says Something like Tanya has a an eleven year old son and she wants everyone to know that she's a good mom. <laughs> okay, good for you, Tanya Harding. Please don't hit me with a pipe. Yeah, I was gonna say, can you see that that PTA meeting? And like it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, it just goes off the rails and out of nowhere. It's like, what's that do with the oh my god, let's <laughs> start crying. It's like, why are they wearing ice skates at a at a PTA meeting? It's like, I don't know, but this is so freaking like Flashback to the 90s. I'm in charge of the bake sale now, Susan. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd let Tanya Harding run the bake sale. Yeah, I mean, you don't have a choice. She's going to hire a dude to whack you with a pipe. I mean, it's this is what's going to happen. She gets her way. Um, oh, yeah, I watch. Uh, do you see this documentary on Netflix called Wild Wild Country? No. Okay, it's about, it's about um, a new age commune it, it was a cult actually that started in india and moved they bought like this massive ranch outside of a small town in oregon this really happened in the late 70s and early 80s oh, no. <laughs> but so they started to kind of fight with the locals that live there 
and they were they tried to take over the town like they were getting city council seats elected by their people um and they did some i mean stuff that you'd think this is like a movie plot but they attempted to poison the water supply to get the locals out of there they spread salmonella in local restaurants um it's like five or six episodes that are around an hour long each but it's i mean in like aggressive like if these people want I mean, they started getting weapons and training and all this kind of crazy stuff on like they were they, there was a plot to kill a congressman like a United States congressman. Uh, it's it's completely bizarre, but it's super interesting to watch. <laughs> For some reason, cults fascinate me. So that in North Korea, like I'm not going to join a cult or move to North Korea. But anytime I see a new documentary, I'm like, ooh, I watch that ooh, North Korea. Yeah. ooh, Peace candy. That's the place with all the fun stuff. Yeah. Said nobody ever. Besides, yeah, Kim, I don't know. yeah, I was gonna say, uh, any of Kim Jong Un or ill or whatever, they really need to get new names, right? Wait, do you think he follows our podcast? Do you think he'd bomb our homes just because he's a dick? I don't know. In that case, North Korea is the best Korea. I don't know. What do you want? Is anyway. there a better Korea? Is there? <laughs> I don't know. I've been to South yeah. Korea. Um, other than that, dude, I listened to Julian Casablanca's new album. Or his new band, I guess, The Voids. They had an album this, that came out last week, I think. Yeah. First song. It sounds a lot like we used to do kind of thing. It, it sounds a lot like the first song sounds like a new Strokes song. And I was like, hey, this okay. might be pretty good. I really like the Strokes. But then after that, it, it I lost interest. And then I just wound up listening to Is This It? Because that's a great record. Yeah. That's all I've been watching yeah. and listening to. I haven't listened to anything. I don't think I've listened to anything good lately. It's, you know, I usually check something out or I usually re-listen to I'm rehashing like the same like 150 songs from the last 10 years sometimes. And I, can I do that, that, man. I'll get yeah. stuck. Like after after we talked about Nirvana on that podcast, um, I went and listened to Nirvana for like two or three days straight and then listened to the Pixies for like two or three days straight. <laughs> and now I'm just trying to see what I'm going to get hooked on next. Oh. Uh, actually, perfect segue too. So, uh, the reason I had to go have wings is because I got sucked into this uh, YouTube uh, channel called First We Feast, and they do a show called Hot Ones. Essentially, and I'll give you the tagline is uh, Hot Wings and Even Hotter Questions, or it's Hot Questions and Even Hotter Wings. But it's 10 wings and 10 <laughs> different sauces going from like sriracha to something that's like a million Scoville. So, it's something that's, you know, you have to sign a waiver for. And like you have to wear gloves when you eat it kind of a thing? Almost, yeah, pretty much. But it's uh, it's totally interesting because the people they have on there, you know, eating a wing, it's your mouth's on fire and everything like that. You're going to answer honest questions. And so the questions right. are very interesting. The interviewer is really good. But what made me think of it is what I watched last night was Henry Rollins. And <sighs> I once again discovered Ooh. how much I love Henry Rollins so much. And it's just Man. Like, I listened to him on the Joe Rogan podcast and like after that, I was like, well, I just need to find every YouTube video of Henry Rollins I can find. Mm-hmm. No, when you get a chance, just Google Henry Rollins hot ones. It's such a great interview. And you figure out that, uh, I, at least I figured out it's like, I, I kind of have this list of people. It's like, these are the people I respect and look up to. And it's like Henry Rollins probably was on it before, but now, Years later, he's even way up more up there. He's just, he's gotten smarter and better with age. He's, dude, listen to his Joe Rogan podcast if you haven't. He's super interesting to listen to. 
like you know he'll he will when he decides he's going to travel somewhere he will figure out what spot on the planet is about to have a regime change or is mm-hmm. going through the most screwed up pol- political thing they could possibly be going through at the time and that's when he will go visit i mean he yeah. almost he went to north korea he almost didn't make it out he went to iran he almost didn't make it out. <laughs> I mean, he's been to like Mongolia and like all over Africa and all these crazy yeah. places where I'm like, you, you could, you could be sitting at home living comfortably doing whatever you want to do, but no, you're going to go and do this stuff and write books about it. I'm like, dude, good for yeah. you. Have at it. No, he goes into that in this hot ones interview. Cause he asked him, it's like the, the, like I said, the interviewers are really good. If you uh-huh. just watch that one, I promise you, I will give you $5 if you don't watch another one, just based on the guy interviewing. Cause he's really that good. He's interesting. And he doesn't hold back in the least. But he asked him, it's like, it's like he said what you said. It's he goes, it looks like you just look at the newspaper and you find what country in the world is just right on the front page and they can go, I want to go there. And that's they talk about that and they talk about, you know, his his scariest places to go, which he says LA. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it. I think it's LA or Southern California. I remember him saying that in a, in the Rogan podcast. Yeah. I'm gonna send you a link. Uh, right, right now to a YouTube video. It's uh, Henry Rollins paints shirtless with the shirtless painter. Painter. <laughs> That's where I get one. It's <laughs> they wind up just painting each other. It's pretty funny. Yeah, no, but um, definitely check out that. I'll send you a link to the channel. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I'll watch it. It's and like like I said, the whole interview is ten wings, and it goes up the scale. And it's like there are so many people that. A lot of people go through it, even though you think they wouldn't. And some of the the there's no there's no type of guest because there was like DJ. I don't know if you know who DJ Khaled is. I didn't really know either. I had to look him up. I've heard the name or DJ, seen it. DJ Khaled on there. Then uh, Adam from Man versus Food, and then oh, Charlize yeah. Theron, and then like some YouTube stars and like everybody in the mix and everything. And I think they just they have they have this thing where it's like. We're just gonna blanket the whole world and whoever answered. I mean, Kevin Hart was on there, Jay Farrell was on there, like there's actors, comedians, musicians, everything in between is just yeah. I've watched. There's probably four seasons and probably well over 50, 60 episodes, and I probably finished half of it in like three weeks. I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. That's something I'd watch. Um something that leads into our main topic for tonight. Did you see this stuff about Billy Mitchell, the Donkey Kong champion? Yeah. Um, Speaking of, he he has his own line of hot sauce too. Does he really? Yeah, it was part of the King of Kong documentary. I think he has. I think uh, Wikipedia listed him as a restaurateur, which I didn't know at least. But yeah, no, he he's in the you know I say in the news, but it's like you have to be under that veil of video games to know who he is, really, what he is, and what he's done. Mm -hmm. Because. Yeah, no, I I followed it. Everything I followed followed on it that was like up to date from YouTube. It was like usually like people who had podcasts that like they had numbers we want to aspire to, but could aspire to. So like right. ninety one viewers kind of thing, you know, not a whole, whole lot of views. <laughs> and he, yeah, he he basically they went through and they showed it. And I saw one of the videos that the guys did. They loaded up a board, and the way the board loads up loads the screen up is in a certain. Sp- particular pattern versus the way main brings up the screen it loads the screen differently and somebody went in there and made a claim against twin galaxies and then he he literally matched up his and 
Billy Mitchell's and said, this matches MAME exactly versus the board. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and eventually I thought it was just going to be some, you know, roundabout BS for a long time and people arguing on YouTube and hot takes and that kind of BS crap. But no, the Twin Galaxies folded, even though supposedly they're being funded by him. And not, not only that score, but most of his other scores, if not all of them, I think it might yeah. be all. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, he, the video he released said something about like everything's under review now. Yeah. So we'll see. That's, that's crazy. That, <laughs> what, 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 what's the need there? Like what, other than notoriety, what is he getting out of having the world's highest score in Donkey Kong or Donkey so, Kong Jr. Whatever it was. Like he, he gives him like, if you're, you've seen King of Kong, if you watch yeah. any of the other interviews past that, it's, it's, it's not like it's not like the uh, the director put him in a bad light. There is a very big extension of that where it's like he goes around and people just think, "Oh, it's Billy Mitchell." And it's like I don't. Before King of Kong, I had no idea who he was. Right. Like, he has he has this idea that he's like if there's no somebody once said like without Billy Mitchell there's no Call of Duty. It's like no. Because uh, find that hard to believe. Yeah, video games failed and burned in the dust after the Atari age and everything like that. And that's what he was. He was the Atari age. If you want to give somebody credit way down the line for Call of Duty, it's Nolan Bushnell. Or, uh, no. Um, oh, man, the guy that built the Odyssey. I can't remember his name now. The Odyssey. Oh, the Magnavox Magnavox Odyssey. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I think I, if anything, I credit the resurgence of uh, video games and, like, going into the future of, God, I can't say his name every now and then. Is he the CEO of Nintendo now? But he's basically... No, he's not, but he's, I mean, he's in, he's responsible for so many things. I mean, he may as well be Ralph Bayer is the guy who invented the Magnavox Odyssey, who brought video games into the home, basically. Yeah. That's that's, what I was thinking of. And then Nolan Bushnell started Atari. So there you go. There's some lineage for you. Yeah. And uh, most people don't remember this, but this is, this is always funny. One of the, I don't remember which game it was, but. There was a while there for, I think, two games that were done by um, Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. That, you know, they kind of pushed on that thing. But going going after that, it's like, you know, the guy's at Atari, and then everything fails, and then Nintendo brings it back. Yep. And then you have, like, if you were to go down that line, there's a lot of people in between. But, like, I would jump from Nintendo to PlayStation to Xbox to what the current iteration of everything is. And it's like Billy Mitchell doesn't factor into that. No, he was a guy that played video games. He was not responsible for any innovations in the field, as far as I'm aware. And he didn't. He brought it to the the public eye a little bit, but at the time, arcades weren't arcades weren't kid places. Arcades were for CD teenagers and crap like that. Scumbags. Yeah, basically, it's where you bought drugs and people. You know, probably did God knows what. Oh yeah, I don't even want to think about it. I was too little to go to car, arcades at that time. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I remember being little and walking past them. Like the mall next to where we grew up had the uh, Aladdin's castle. Yeah. And then there was the, do you remember the, uh, it's still there. The, the dollar cinema. Oh, the dollar cinema still exists. Yes. The, That's you know, which one I'm talking about too. Yeah, I totally do. Um, it's still there. And that actually used to be a mall and there was an arcade in that. And I remember going to that arcade. So that was a big arcade. You walked into the mall. There was a, uh-huh. Big lots on the left and the arcades yes. on the right. I remember Correct. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're exactly right. That's where I. Uh, that's I remember going in there and seeing like the. I mean, this is skipping ahead 
from where I wanted to start, but hey, let's start with arcades. Uh, yeah, um, yep. That's where I played like four player Ninja Turtles. Um, do you remember like the uh, the big environmental Sega arcade games like Afterburner and Outrun? Yeah, the ones where you'd sit like you'd have to buckle a seatbelt to play Outrun because the cat like the the car thing moved so much or whatever. Yeah, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's that's what I remember being a little kid and wanting to play arcade games. It was like those big games that cost a dollar, and that was oh yeah, that was probably you know one dollar out of ten that I might have had to play with. Do you, do you remember the uh, all the like Sega holographic games? They're like the round yeah. sphere thing and all that. It was like impossible to play because I never knew what was going on. But it was really, I think those were just like the Laserdisc based games, weren't they? Where you just yeah. had to wait for something to happen and then press a button. Yeah, I never knew that for the longest time. I just put, I'd put it in and put in like a 50 cents or a dollar. It was expensive at the time. And then after like five minutes, I'd be like, oh, that's over. Did I, yep. did I do anything? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, do you remember? So there was a sports bar not far from the neighborhood we grew up in called SROs. Yes. Did you play at the arcade there? Yeah. They had everything in there. They had a lot of like ticket games. I remember, you know, spending all of the money to get just like a handful of crap at the end of the day because my Uh, dad was there watching football with my brother or whatever was going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's a perfect place. It's like let your kids run wild kind of thing and go watch football. Yeah, absolutely. Or uh, the arcades at Astro World, which like as a kid, I remember seeing them, but. My mom and dad were always like, no, you're not going to play video games. We're at Astral World. I'm like, we're going to go ride rides. I'm like, yeah, I want to go play Spy Hunter or whatever. I want to go play Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, there's a sweet Roller Coaster VR game. It's like, we're at a place with Roller Coaster. Right. Really, uh, uh, dude, yeah, but yeah. They, had, they had good arcades. They did. I, I got one for you. Mm-hmm. Do you remember games people play? The place? I do vaguely remember games people play. I remember uh, they had the environmental Tron arcade. Oh, yeah. They did. You have to walk in there, and it was all dark and black lights and stuff. Yep. Yeah. And um, so there I spent a lot of time because I go, I guess, from like 10 years old, 9 or 10 years old, or maybe like a little bit older. I In the summer, I'd go to the day camp there, and that's what I do in the summer. Nice. So Nice. Yeah. There was two things that they did every other day, like – it's like on Fridays or whatever. It's like we're going to the pool. Mm-hmm. We did a lot, but you know we went to the pool every now and then, a bigger pool. Or we'd go over to games people play and be like, that day was awesome. And yeah. games games people play for people who are listening is exactly the arcade from Karate Kid with the water slides and the go karts and everything else. That's basically games people play. Did it have go karts in the back? I can't remember. Yes, they did. So they had bumper boats in the front. They had putt putt next to it, and they had three water slides in the the area that would be a small apartment complex building, which is yeah. amazing, by the way. And then it's like this big arcade, and it was really nice. And it's the abandoned building stood there for twenty years, maybe something like that. Guessing. Yeah, I remember driving by there not too long ago, thinking, "Huh, they finally tore all that down." Yeah, because I don't know the, if it's there now. But yeah. uh, putt course was there forever, and it was just all overgrown and gross. Uh, yeah, pretty much. You know what I think is abandoned now is uh, Celebration Station, <laughs> wow. which is basically the same thing, just minus the water slides. Yeah, pretty much. I remember that yeah. place, uh, Celebration Station. I went there for a birthday party for somebody or whatever it was, 
and uh, their their whole second floor was an arcade. And yeah. we were walking around, and Mortal Kombat had just come out, and some dude and his lackey were hanging out at the at the the Mortal Kombat machine. And he's like, "Hey, you want to play?" I'm like, "Okay, sure." So I put in my quarter or two or whatever. Oh, Actually, there were tokens, and I played him and I beat him. I'd never played Mortal Kombat before. I was like, "Oh, that was fun." And uh, I go to walk away, and he's like, "I bet you can't do it again." I'm like, "Hmm." Oh my God. You're probably, I said something like, yeah, okay, whatever. You're probably right or whatever and walked away. I'm like, dude, this dude was about to hustle me for five bucks <laughs> or whatever it was. But yeah. I remember it was that. like Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, I never played much fighting games, at least not like just straight up fighters. I was more like, like we we're talking about like Turtles in Time and yeah, well, yeah, like the playing it. I did the uh, Simpsons movies all the time. Uh, the oh, Simpsons yeah. Movie. That was a great game. game. I've beaten that game through, like in the arcade, spending money at least more than 20 times, just right off the bat. That is one of the best, like, side scrolling beat em ups you can find. I mean, that's up there with, you know, the Turtles Arcade. It's up there with Double Dragon, all those. Oh, the uh, the X Men Arcade. Oh, I love the X Men Arcade. That's a good one, too. Um, If you. If you're ever back in my neck of the woods again, there's a place near me called the Game Preserve. Get it? It's a play on words. Um, and game it's preserve. Game Preserve. Get it? Anyway, um, 15 bucks. Play all night. All the arcades are on free play. And it's BYOB. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I like to go there. It's fun. They have a lot of great games there, too. Like they have um, there's like different rooms and there's like a small room with nothing but like vector graphics games like uh tempest oh, wow. and, yeah um star wars arcade and i can't think of it uh, oh, asteroids oh, is in there uh was it lunar lander is that what i'm thinking of i remember a little, little lunar rover thing that jumps or whatever and shoots yeah uh they have that they have all kinds of stuff man they have uh the, the battletoads arcade game they have a, a play choice 10 they have they oh. have this Battletoads? Battletoads was a, I don't remember Battletoads in an arcade. There's a, there's a three-player Battletoads arcade game. Oh, God. Two-player two player on the Nintendo was bad enough because you could hit each other accidentally. So I couldn't <laughs> imagine the arcade three people. Well, the good, thing, the good thing about this is it's free play. So you can just, you know, yeah. hit the one-player button and then you're you're back in the game. You're, you know, it doesn't cost you another quarter. Mm-hmm. One time we went there, man, I think it was my birthday when your um, group of us went. And we just, you know, walk in with a cooler and park it in front of Ninja Turtles and play Ninja Turtles until you beat it. Park it in front of Battletoads and we beat Battletoads. Park yeah. it in front of X Men and we beat X Men. <laughs> so you're getting progressively drunk as you play through these games. It's a lot of fun. They have a whole, oh, they have like a wall full of our uh, pinball machines, like good ones too. Dude. Um, I, think they have, I think they have the Guns N' Roses one there. That's nice. Yeah. You would love this. So they originally they opened one that was far away. It's called Pinballs. They opened it up. And it was like a little small thing. It was BYOB, and then they opened one in what used to be like a Michaels or something. Uh-huh. And they opened it up, and this bar, I kid you not, is big. It's a huge bar. So I mean, but not BYOB anymore. And they have two rows of arcades, so probably like twenty on a or twelve on a row, maybe. So there's about forty of them. They have all these new games, all these ticket games, all these pin- pinball machines. It's called pinballs, of course. And right. then all this other stuff. 
I just realized I'm talking about this. I'm probably explaining exactly where I live and people can come hunt me down. All five <laughs> podcasters or podcast listeners come hunt me down at my house. You'll have fun. I'll, I'll bring you in for a beer. But <laughs> so, but I mean like, and it's, and then it's just this huge array of like old school games and it's just nice. And, but the, the, the crowning achievement of it is their bar, all their liquors are separated by type and they're and four cabinets and these cabinets are probably about eight feet tall and about four feet wide and they look like somebody re- refurbished like pac-man you know all school oh, cool. stuff so it's all it looks like a, it looks like the uh, the quarter you know quarter things at the front and then it's all the side vinyl and all that and it's really nice. awesome. that's pretty cool yeah man yeah that that arcade i was telling you about they actually have have you seen um wreck it ralph yeah that's a great movie have a fix it felix jr machine do they really i didn't know that was a yeah. i guess somebody made it after the movie might as well right yeah it's 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 fun what's your all-time favorite arcade game all-time favorite arcade game hands down all right okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do this in two parts i'm gonna ex- i'm gonna exclude i'm gonna say what i play all the time because i play religiously and then i'm gonna exclude that and then go off of that so golden tea. <laughs> okay. I, I play like I mean I golf in my spare time, but I play golden tea also. I mean I play golden tea like on a really good week, seven games, maybe hey, man. average, and on a bad week maybe a game. But you know, so I'm gonna exclude that. But I like I rack up games and games and games on that. So I'm gonna exclude that one. But going into things like that, it's like I go a lot old school. I want to say Tron. At the same time, I think um, I think I'm gonna stick with the either Centipede or Asteroids. I just like those games. Centipede is solid, dude. Centipede, that's a good pick. My might be my favorite Atari 2600 game is Centipede. Um, I don't know what it is about that version of it, but I just like I can sit there and play it. And it sounds like a video game. Like it sounds like growing up. That's what I thought a video game sounded like. Just the beeps and bloops that come up on centipede from Atari. My favorite arcade game is probably smash TV. Smash TV. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. Or which very similar to Robotron 2084. Um, but, uh, because that's the one, like if it's there, I'll sit at an arcade and play it for, I'll play that for half an hour. Oh, oh man, I'm looking. I'm looking up Smash TV because it's like it, I remember the cover, but it's like I don't remember the game. Game. Uh-huh. So I have to look it up. Smash TV is really awesome looking for the time. It's fun, dude, because it's 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 kind of unique because you have the two joysticks. There's no buttons, so there, yeah. it's a two-player game. But the front of the cabinet's just four joysticks, so one of them controls which way you're moving, and the other one controls which way you're shooting. Kind of like a first-person shooter does on, yeah, yeah. So crazy. it's yeah, but it's it's super fun and it's just over the top. It's basically Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Running Man, where he's in a in a game show that's yeah. gonna kill him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which solid Arnold Schwarzenegger movie if you've never seen The Running Man? Yeah, if you've never seen Running Man, you and you like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, you did something wrong. Go pause this podcast and watch it right now. Definitely. I've got the DVD. Anyway, um, that one, and as a kid, probably was Ninja Turtles, I'd say. 
New Turtles was good. Like the first one, not not Turtles in Time. You didn't like Turtles in Time? I, I do, but that's the one I remember playing the most was just Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Wait, was that the same as the uh, the Nintendo one? Correct. Okay. Which I had, I had that as a kid, and I, I, I own it again now. <laughs> so, I know, I know this has been done to death by the uh, angry video game nerd. He's pointed it out and then had it in one of his top ten lists. But I always love that jump where you just sit there and try to jump over and over that little tiny gap. Yep. And, and you, you just walk it. over it. Yeah, you just walk over it. It's a different game, though. That's Ninja Turtles. Like, that's just TV Ninja Turtles. But the arcade game was the second game, which they just called Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. But it's a solid port of that for, you know, from jumping from an, at the top at the time an arcade game, which was much better hardware onto an NES. It's a solid port of that. It was pretty good. I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't think there's like a lot of arcade games that I wouldn't just, you know, go out and play. There's nothing I ever avoided in an arcade. It's like when you get back to the older stuff, it's usually really fun stuff to play. Well, and it's 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 quick. It's you know what people would say now is like a, a casual game where you can just pick it up for a few minutes and put it down. It's nothing engrossing. It's nothing that's gonna you know you need to go do this quest and then do that in order to unlock this part of the map and do that and the other thing. I mean, centipede. You just sit there and shoot this centipede that's coming at you until yeah. it kills you, <laughs> and that's the end of the game. Well. Do you remember uh, Gauntlet Legends? Oh, absolutely. So celebration sta- the celebration station we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. this is probably when I, before I left, yeah, when I moved back to Houston for a little bit. Yeah, I'd go there when I was bored, uh, me and a friend of mine, and we'd end up, you know, it's save your characters, right? Right. So I'm pretty sure I had like level like 30 or 40, like something that took an enormously large amount of time. So we'd go there and end up playing and just going through levels and like, yeah, for the longest time, it's like they even put it up for sale at one point in time, and yeah, I was kind of like just like <laughs> tempted to go see, like, no, oh, we'll kind of sell to get get the extra cash for this. Yeah, that's that'd be a worthwhile investment, actually. <laughs> um, I worked at I worked at Mountasia for a while, and that was a game that we had there. I was the arcade guy when you got your token jammed in the coin slot. I need a game tech, and then I'd go over there and unjam it and give you a token. <laughs> or when it ran out of tokens, I'd or when it ran out of tickets, I'd go put a new stack of tickets in there. And that was also when like people would, uh, my kid hit the 50 token or hit the 50 ticket thing on this machine. <laughs> and it didn't, it didn't give him his tickets. I'm like, well, then he didn't get it. Cause watch. And then I'd run a token through there and start fishing out tickets. He has to actually hit it. He did. No, he didn't. Or how many, how much does it cost for me to buy this? Cause my kid has half the tickets for it. Um, we're not Chuck E. Cheese's and we don't do that. Wait, Sorry. Chuck E. Cheese did that? Yeah, it used to be like a penny a ticket, I think. Oh my god, that is like actually that might not be bad on money wise. Because I don't know, I don't remember. Because like a, one of those little strawberry candies would have been ten cents, and that's probably <laughs> that's probably double the price. But that's not bad. That's not bad. You get one of them oh. spider rings. <laughs> I, I want a spider ring. <laughs> that fits like nobody. <laughs> yeah, it probably fits nobody. Yeah. I do remember, like, I remember Chuck E. Cheese as a kid. Actually, it was Showbiz Pizza where we were at. The one, it was actually up the road from uh, pizza. from um, Games People Play that you were talking about a minute ago. I remember going there and you get, like, that slime in the, there's slime in the ball pit. And 
all those all those oh, old arcade worse. machines. I, that's where I remember playing uh, pole position. Pole position is and, awesome. And turbo. Uh, and oh, skee ball. You gotta play skee ball at Showbiz or Chuck E. Cheese. Either one, it's the same thing. You know, it's fun, funny. I'm just I'm just now at you know however old I am, like a million. Just now, just starting to get really good at pole position. It's <laughs> <laughs> just hard, dude. It freaking is. It really is. Um, and going along with that, I I enjoy a good game of skee ball these days. Actually, I love skee ball. So. You know, being from the town of Weird and things like that, there are like legitimate like, and I have to say this. I said this to somebody once, and they looked at me funny. It's like it's a ski ball bar. They're like, what, what is a ski ball bar? It's like, what do you think a ski ball bar is? There's a bar, and there happens to be a large assortment of ski ball machines. That's it. I want to go to this place and play ski ball and drink beer all night. So that's what I want to do. Yeah. Well, the yeah. funny thing is, you know the the. The rationale I was using it in was, is we were talking about how Austin was changing everything like that. And I was uh-huh. telling him that this bar is off of 12th and Chacon, which 12th and Chacon, I would, at one point in time, I would have equated to like Middle Baker's Homes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now there's a, I said, there's a college ski ball bar there. Somebody looks at me like, ski ball bar. It's like, yeah, that's a bar with ski ball. So it's like, you know, ski ball bar. But, um, <laughs> to say, yeah. No, we have like, I, I think there's one in Houston now, but we have a, we have two kung fu saloons here, and yeah, there's one here. Yeah, and on like Sundays they do free skateball and free games and shit like that, and it's all, everyone. Both of them have NBA Jam, which is awesome. Oh, NBA Jam is amazing. Um, yeah, we have we have a kung fu saloon somewhere. I haven't been to it, but then down by the baseball stadium, there's Joysticks, which is these two guys bought a building or rent this building, yeah. and one of them owns a bar. And the other half of the building, the other brother has a business refurbishing vintage arcade machines and new arcade machines and whatever kind of arcade machines. There's skee-ball there. There's the basketball games and all that kind of stuff. But on the first Friday of the month and the last Friday of the month or something, they open up the doors in between and they have Pac-Man fever and it's 15 bucks, play all night, and you can go next door and buy drinks. But that's all the way across town for me, so I'd much rather go to the one next to me, which is the same price to play games, and it's BYOB. Did we do that for your bachelor party? We did do that for my bachelor party. I was trying to remember if you were there or not, and I couldn't. There's a lot about that weekend I don't remember. Actually, that weekend, I just I just added this to my shelf behind me. Mm-hmm. This this played a part of that weekend, too. My, oh, yeah, it did. My Intercontinental Wrestling Championship belt. Because there was the one bar... After we got off the party bus downtown, the dude wouldn't let us in because I had this on. <laughs> he thought we were going to start shit with, with whoever was in there. And I was like, look, dude, I got to go to the bathroom. Can you just let me in and go to the bathroom? He said, no. <laughs> I, said, I remember this. I was like, if you don't let me in to go to the bathroom, I'm going to pee in your parking lot. I said, no, you're not. I said, watch me. He's like, all right, give me your ID. So he held my ID. And then I guess four or five of us went in <laughs> to go use the restroom because he was afraid we were all going to pee in his parking lot. Which all you had to do was call the cops, but I guess whatever. But I do remember the last bar we were in, um, a good friend of mine, he was a groomsman at the wedding. Um, I'm standing out waiting for the bus to pick us up, and he comes walking up, eating with holding in his hand two pizza boxes, and he's stuffing his face with a piece of pizza. <laughs> I'm like, Where did you get that? He goes, Guy up the street. And I'm like, Street pizza? He goes, Yeah. Like, hell yeah, street pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, and I remember we almost went to the Taqueria 
before we called it a night. Yeah. And love good the bachelor party though. But yes, joysticks was where we went. Uh for That's a nice place too. It is nice. It's just the problem with that place now is it's gotten so crowded. It's fun. It's a cool place. They have a lot of great games there, but it's super crowded on Pac-Man Fever Nights. Going back back in time, what what video game consoles did you have as a kid? Like, what was the first one you had? I think I was uh, – I had the triple triple pack Nintendo, so the uh, World Class Track Meet, Duck Hunt, mm-hmm. and Martin. Nice. I cheated at World Class Track Meet more times than I can count. Everyone did. Yeah, you know, just sit there and either, you know, eventually it was like I'd hop off the pad and jump and hop back on. Then I figured out, hey, I'm using my hands. I'm just like using my hands and then like holding <laughs> my hands and be like, ah, jump. And, you know, just trying to hit it before it figured out you were right. in the air too long. Uh, the first console I had when I was a kid was uh, an Intellivision that belonged to my brother and sister before we got a Nintendo. And we like we held on to it just until it died. So Intellivision was one of the consoles that went head to head with Atari. Yeah. In the late seventies, early eighties, and it has the worst controller you've ever played with, aside from probably an Atari fifty two hundred. With this thing, it's like got this little disc that you press with your thumb for a direction pad, and it's got like a phone pad oh, on it, like a one through nine. And you put a little plastic sheet over the um, the the number pad. Like if you're playing car racing, it would say, you know, accelerate or brake or whatever. Yeah. Um, my favorite game for that, because I, I have one of these now. Um, I've picked one up off of Craigslist several years ago. Oh, there is a game called Night Stalker, which is a maze game. Kind of, it, it looks kind of like Pac-Man almost, but you run around and shoot killer robots. And it's, 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 that's like one of the games I remember playing as a kid. Like, you know, th- there was a lot of generic kind of games, you know, like auto racing or boxing yeah. or horse racing or whatever. And they had, they didn't get all the licenses for the arcade games that Atari did. So they had some knockoff games. Like they had a Space Invaders clone called Space Armada. And they had a game that was kind of like a mashup of Space Invaders and Asteroids called Astro Smash, which is actually a really good game. They eventually did get some arcade ports. Like I had Frogger and Burger Time when I was a little kid. They also uh, wound up. They also wound up with Pac Man and Donkey Kong and Activision had some games on there too. Activision almost made it to this gener- generation of gaming. I really did. Almost. Those guys yeah. held in there for a long time. Yeah. But how then, old, how old is at, the, or what's the age difference between you and your siblings? Because I mean, television. Uh, it's, so there's three of us, and I'm the youngest, and, and there's eight years between me and the middle child. So I was born in 82. All right. So, yeah. And then eventually the Intellivision died, and my dad took me to the mall, and we bought an NES, and I thought it was the most gangster thing I'd ever seen because he bought it with a credit card. For some reason, I just thought that was, like, the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I had the uh, I had the, the the action pack with the zapper and Mario and Duck Hunt. I didn't have the power pad. Hey man, not everybody can be rich and ball it. <laughs> <It's all laughs> dude. I, I don't even remember how much the original systems cost anymore. I was like, I, don't, I have no idea. I don't remember. But, That's just what everybody had. I mean, well, yeah, no, I mean, like, well, there was there's that line in the sand. There's those people that had Nintendo. Uh-huh. And then there's that weird kid down the street that had the Sega Genesis. 
That was the it was Sega Master System at first, and actually my next, Sega door, Master System, yeah, then my next door neighbor had a Master System. Um, I think I played it like once, but he had like the 3D glasses and the the zapper, their light zapper, which is called a phaser, I think. But yeah, yeah weird looking one. Mm-hmm. I remember like, uh, did you rent video games a lot? Oh, dude, um, or uh, maybe not so much from the NES, but the SNES. It's like, yeah, it was yeah. nuts. I remember, I remember renting more a lot on the NES. Like there was a little mom and pop rental store. I remember going to a lot. Like I'd get my two dollar allowance, which was roughly what it cost to rent a video game. So I'd rent it on a Friday, and that was like my entire weekend. I'd sit there and play whatever it was. Like, oh, yeah. um, I remember renting Mario Three when that first came out. It just blew my mind. Like, well, there's a map. You get to pick what level you want to go to. This is amazing. You get to store stuff and use it later. Oh, that game is awesome. Yeah, it, it's that's still one of the best games ever. So, growing up, a uh, guy I went to, uh, I guess it was daycare. I knew him from daycare, and you know we play we play Legend of Zelda, or it's like you know it'd be mm-hmm. kind of switch back and forth. So he had that original Legend of Zelda map, right? And then there's that this like I think it's the right and left side in the bottom. Mm-hmm. There's some there's a bunch of stuff. So he has that map on his wall. And then he has drawn in, filled in every piece of thing that's not on the map, that's not on yep. the original map. And it was I, um, just that was the coolest thing in the world to me at the time because it's like it just it was super baller. It's like it's just like that's it. This I, he owns this game by all means. A friend of mine gave me a box of Nintendo stuff. Like there was a, like there was an NES in there. There was an N sixty four, some games, some controllers, and all kinds of stuff. And there were some some uh, manuals in there. And I got a Legend of Zelda manual. I was like, oh cool, I don't have one of these. And sure enough, there was a map and you could see where like this was like at his grandparents' house. And it was like him and his cousins would play these systems when they were there. You could see where they had marked in like, here's level three. Yeah. And here's here's where you buy a heart piece or whatever the hell. Um, I remember playing Zelda with my neighbor. Um, my good friend that lived across the street and play Zelda. And I remember finding stuff for the first time. Which was like a big deal because you couldn't just get on Google and say, "Hey, where's level three? Or you know, there, <laughs> there's there's the one level where you have to uh, use the 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 whistle and play the whistle in front of the pond and the water oh, disappears yeah. and then you go down. Like, how would you have known to do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you gotta I think have the power, Nintendo, Nintendo power. power. That's right. You got to call that one weirdo in the neighborhood that has every episode or every issue of Nintendo Power. And say, hey, I need you to help me through Zelda, which actually happened to me on the Game Boy Zelda. I had to call the one weirdo in the neighborhood with all of them. Hey, can you tell me how to get into level two? Do you remember the? Uh, do you remember the uh, like the numbers they used to have on them, like the the call for tips and tricks? And oh yeah. yeah, I called one like, of those, and it was like you call back. You were supposed to call back to a one nine hundred number or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I probably would have been killed had I called. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was probably two bucks a minute or something like that. Yeah, and they weren't even going to talk dirty to me. <laughs> it's a Nintendo line, I swear, Mom. Why did she talk about taking your clothes off and then playing with your controller? Don't know. No idea. <laughs> Don't know what's going on. Uh, oh, I'll be honest. It's like sometimes talking about video games, it's like you just – like I, I don't know about you, but I'll – just reminisce to like everything the angry video game nerd did because he recovered a lot of shit. He really did. And and the ones that I I tend to watch more of now, neither one of these guys really release videos that often anymore, but him and Pat, the NES punk, 
just because I was, I was and still am. I mean, such a Nintendo, like old school Nintendo freak. Yeah. I mean, how many games you got now? What are you, what are you looking at? Uh, NES, I've got 120 something. That's pretty, that's pretty substantial collection. Yeah. Um, Super Nintendo, I've got like 40 or 50, I think. Genesis, I've got like 30 games. N64, like 30. Uh, I do have a, a Super Nintendo Mini. Um, yeah. I've got probably 40 or 50 Atari games, 40 or 50 Intellivision games, a handful of Game Boy games. If I, if I remember right, you have one of the uh, like uh, 50 and one, one, one of the knockoff ones, one of the really good ones too. <laughs> So there's there's a story behind that actually. It's the 31 and one. So when I was a kid, one Christmas morning, um, I usually got like a Nintendo game once or twice a year. Like that's all it was. Mm-hmm. And one Christmas morning, I wake up and I go downstairs, and there was a Nintendo game, but there was like Chinese writing all over it. I'm like what is this? A guy my dad worked with went to China and brought back like a box of these, and it's it's a pirated multi-cart which happened a lot in that part of the world they were harder to get over here this guy brought them back and it had 31 games on it a lot of them were black box titles so like there was mario mario brothers the arcade and then super mario brothers popeye tennis baseball excite bike some arcade ports and like one or two original games like this, this one is a little tank game called battle city. It was kind of like combat for Atari 31 games. Okay, cool. But I had no, I'd never seen this before. Like the, the color of the cartridge isn't the normal gray. It's like this kind of off white weird color. Um, it went away with my original Nintendo. Uh, once that left my house, but then I found one. Once I started buying games, like I started getting online and digging around and I found one on eBay and I think it was 25 bucks. I'm like, well, I'm absolutely buying this. Yeah. So I wound up getting it and it was weird because like, like the, the menu screen, this is, this is how nerdy I am about all this. The menu screen is like a debugged version of what you see when you would boot up the Famicom disc system. So the Famicom yeah. is the Japanese Nintendo NES. And it's these two little guys running around. It's supposed to be Mario and Luigi, Luigi but they, turned it into these two little weird space kids that go and jump on each other or whatever <laughs> weird little multi-cart, but that's, yeah, I was, I was happy that I was able to buy that. And I think I'm pretty sure I have all the NES games I had when I was a kid. If I, I remember gonna, right. I was going to say 120 had to be, had to be pretty close. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> Those are the good ones. Well, um, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these, but they're the coolest. Like I think any, after the past now has really gotten really cool because they have a, not, not what you call a multi-card. It's called an EverDrive. Ever heard of one? Yes. Yeah, I, I know exactly what that is. Yeah, I, I would I would almost buy a Nintendo and like get one of those if the EverDrive wasn't five times the cost of the Nintendo almost. Right. But yeah, you, know, you, load, you loaded everything on there and you throw it in there and it's like you can basically load the entire Nintendo catalog ROMs pretty much. Well, what I'm probably going to want to do it one day. I want to buy a, um, a Raspberry Pi and build a retro Pi. And uh-huh. as you can get like the cool shells that look like an NES or a, I saw one the other day that looked like a Super Nintendo. Yeah. But just have everything on it. Because I mean, some of those games are ridiculously expensive. Like I'm, you know, I've got like Battletoads and Contra and Double Dragon and all the stuff 
all the the super good games that you wanted to play as a kid, but now yeah. for some reason it's forty dollars to buy a copy of Mike Tyson's Punch Out. It's like no, it's not so, a rare game. Everyone and their mom had it, but for some reason it's expensive now. I don't yeah. get it. Well, I mean that that's uh that's collectors moving in, and like I'm pretty sure everything I would say on the subject would be a reiterated version of basically a C podcast yeah. because between those two guys they've they've addressed this subject more times than I can count. I love yeah. to listen to it. But I mean, they at one point in time they actually talked about there would be a price run on games that James and Mike did from Cinema Massacre. Yeah. The games they do on Mike James and Mike Monday would jump in price like the following Tuesday almost. And it's just like so. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of people in it, but I think I think I agree with like uh, Pat and Ian's assessment of it's 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 a dying thing. And eventually, the prices will come down and you'll be able to do it because the, you know, the money's not going to be there for long. So I may thin out my collection um, because out of the 120 of them, I guarantee I only probably play 30. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm out of that, out of between NES and super Nintendo, super Nintendo is probably my favorite out of the two. I, I'm kind of gritting my teeth and saying that. No, yeah. I, I could agree with you there. My, my all time, very favorite video game is super Mario world. I, mean, I can I can sit I can play it over and over, get all ninety six levels, erase it, and start over again, and yeah. just be completely happy sitting there playing that game. So I don't I don't know how much you uh, followed the newer systems, but they made uh, the Mario Super Mario Maker. Yeah. So before they I think before they did that, I think that came from them. Maybe they saw this. So there's a bunch of guys that do. You've heard of Kaiser Mario, right? No, I think so. So it's it's Kaizo Mario is a rework of Super Mario World that's insanely hard and it's like you know it's usually like Kaizo blocks which are you know hidden blocks and things like that and then this whole series of like shell jumps it's very elaborate stuff very hard to do I've stuff. seen yeah, I've seen videos of, of that I just didn't know the name of it yeah so I mean like they released one because I watched I, I got into I got into Twitch two years ago I didn't know what Twitch was and I was very old man about it and I was like so what are you saying the kids are just they're they're pushing buttons on there doing the tw- yeah and I figured out it's like it's basically it's like what you used to do as a kid where somebody playing somebody watch and you basically were doing <laughs> two two player video games but somebody was enjoying it somebody's doing it and they're passing it off and that's what you're doing there it's basically you're watching somebody stream with you know basically a camera in their face and yeah. going through it so, I mean and there's a bunch of the guys that do the newer versions like there's one that came out maybe six months ago I remember. And it was insanely awesome. And it's these all these reworks. And that's where I got into ROM hacking. And yeah, ROM like hacking I've, has a whole new world. I've seen, you know, there there's physical carts of some of those ROM hacks now where they'll sell like an, a new NES game, a new yeah. Zelda NES. And it's really just a hack of the original Legend of Zelda. But they made a whole new game out of it somehow, which is confusing to me. But okay. Uh, I've seen stuff like so, that. It, that. That doesn't interest me so much. I don't know why, but I just I have no desire to go out and buy those. Well, I mean, I, I didn't buy them. I I don't know how to save myself, putting myself in trouble. I I borrowed them. I'm gonna go with that. I, I got you. Yeah, but I did. I went on a run, a banter of doing some of the Super Metroid acts. Oh yeah, and and I found one of the best ones out there, and I do not remember. the name of it and i played it all the way through and it was just it was such a 
because it was kind of like it changed everything from the way it was where you had to beat bosses to do things. Yeah. And this was more finding, kind of finding these these doors to open and everything like that. So you could beat bosses and pass over these doors and, and things to open, but it was it was just phenomenally good. It changed the physics and everything like that, and I think you got a whole new game out of it. And I, I've seen the rest of them. I've seen little bits and pieces of the rest of the Metroid thing, and I like, I like the. I've always wanted more of the Super Nintendo version, Super Metroid, or yeah. Link to the Past, and they've never really done much like that. And I think there was Four Swords, kind of like those, kind of like Link, Link yeah, to the Past. Yeah, there's there was a Game Boy Advance game that was supposed to be the successor to Link to the Past. Yeah, but man, that game is so good. I mean, how do you how do you follow that? Well, I guess you follow it with Ocarina of Time, but I mean, how do you? As far as like the regular two D top down Legend of Zelda's, man, that's the best one. It really far. is, and I think he had a lot of good first kind of first uh, and not maybe not first, but big entries to long running series like you know Super Super Metroid and. Uh, Legend of Zelda, you know, there was a Final Fantasy on there, even though it's like, I think it said two and you're on four, was it? Uh, I know three is like six. Chrono Trigger two? I mean, like, yeah. so here's, <laughs> I uh, I don't I do not do RPGs. I, I just, there's no interest there for me. If, if someone else likes them, that's great. If that's what you like. I had copies. Yeah. So I, I bought a Super Nintendo from somebody, a friend of mine. And it was like, yeah, 50 bucks gets you the Super Nintendo and these games, and it was just a bunch of games. Maybe not a bunch, let's say six. And two of them were Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy 3. And there's a guy online that I buy games from some every once in a while if I'm feeling like I need a game. Like if I can't find it on Craigslist or something like local, I'll mm-hmm. order it from this dude online. And I said, hey, are you buying games? He goes, I'm always buying games. What do you have? And I said, well, I've got Final Fantasy 3 and I've got Chrono Trigger. He goes, I'll give you $150 for both of those in trade or X amount in cash. I can't remember what it was. I said, yeah, let me put together a list. I'll let you know what I want. <laughs> and he, dude, I got I got all kinds of games from him on that. Like, I got Star Fox. I got um, uh, Yoshi's Island, Super Mario World 2. And I, wow. th- there, was, there was a ton of them, dude. I can't remember what, what all they were. But yeah, I got... The point I'm trying to make is I got a bunch of crap that I'm actually going to play as opposed to two games that are worth a lot of money that I'm just holding on to to say, hey, look what I've got in my collection. That's Chrono Trigger. What, what? I didn't know both of those games were that rare. He, oh, no. I don't know why I said he. Those are just very good games, so they command the price. Yeah, but I figured like you know I would figure like 30, 40 bucks if they're really good games. Oh, I figured they have to to kind of like hit one fifty between the two of them. They'd have one to, of them, you know, I think. Bit. I think was it Chrono Trigger is hundred bucks, and Final Fantasy three is fifty. And this was like two years ago, so I don't know if the price has changed. That's, that's pretty good though. No, I mean like RPG is RPG is RPG, and you gotta be into RPGs. So it's it's just not what I'm into. So if somebody else likes them, hey, great for you. That's just not for Josh. Did you play uh, PC games as a kid? Yes, I think either it was either middle school or high school. I had a very fun rumor going around about me because I skipped school one time because I ended up playing through Wolfenstein 3D for like I don't know <laughs> a good. And it, it, it's I, I'm probably sure I put in 15 hours into it. 
within like a, a day or so and yeah. missing school on a Monday. I'm pretty sure more than likely a lot of the time somebody said that's the weird kid that thinks he's a vampire at school. So this this helped a lot with my image. But well, yeah, no, I love the game. I love first person shooters. I I probably from and first person shooters platforms probably from like 1988 to freaking probably in 1998 I played just about everything under the sun at least once. Right. Um if it helps at all, I never heard that rumor about you. Um, but yeah, Wolf, Wolfenstein was, uh, I have an uncle that's a computer guy and he always had like a good computer at his house. And there was always all kinds of games that I'm sure he was totally getting legally from people in a card game or something, um, yep. going on. It, it, you know, I've got two cousins there, so I'd go and play computer games with them, but they were bored with them cause they were, they just had them all the time. That's where I was introduced to Wolfenstein, and it blew my mind the first time I watched it uh, or played it. I mean, um, I had an old, I think it was an old 486 that was a hand-me-down from my brother. I had a lot of the, like, it had a lot of, like, it had Wolfenstein. It had a lot of the standards like Doom and Doom 2, uh, X-Wing, SimCity. Oh, I love SimCity. SimCity was such a great game. Oh, yeah. And SimCity 2000 just made it that much harder because you had to do plumbing and all that weird crap. I really that that was actually I'm probably sure I put a lot of put a lot of shit shit and time and into SimCity 2000. I played it a lot, but it was 3D too because you had to like go uphill and all that kind of weird stuff. Yeah. You know my favorite my favorite version of SimCity is the Super Nintendo version because it's yeah. such a and the music well, makes you all relaxed. Well, like in the in that kind of spur of like first person shooters, like I, I would buy the shareware versions of everything. Yeah. And well, not buy, but usually you like just get them. It was like a dollar for the packaging or some right. crap. Like I just give it away. So or like they were super cheap. So I ended up buying. I played a game called Corridor Seven, which uh-huh. anyone knows. Good for you. I don't. I barely remember the game, but I mean, I played that. I played Blood, which was awesome. Which was basically. The zombie version of Doom, as much as zo- Doom is already a Hellspawn game, this is a zombie Hellspawn version of it, almost. And then what else was there? Um, of course, Duke Newton was a big one, but... Oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember. There's, there's a smaller Quake. one. Oh, Quake was great. I got into... I think where I think where I left off before I went into console gaming in like maybe around 2004, 2005... Was I left off the first ocean shooter was Unreal and Unreal Tournament. Dude, when I was all right, when I was in the Navy, we had this was like the era of the original Xbox, right? The big giant VR yeah. looking thing. And uh, we we had our own little network because we had three rooms, one on top of the of each other on the ship. You take a ladder to go up and down. Yeah. So we'd open up the hatches and we'd run our own network. So we had three Xboxes going. <laughs> nice. And we'd play uh, the the game that we played the most of was Time Splitters Future Perfect. It was a third Time Splitters game, which dude, it's it's actually the team that did Goldeneye and Perfect Dark made made these games, and they were so much fun. Dude, we played the living shit out of Time Splitters, and it was super fun because we'd have. <laughs> You know, we're in different rooms, so like the four people in this room were one team, and then the next room was another team. So you you kill somebody, and you hear somebody upstairs go, "Son of a bitch!" Or, <laughs> <laughs> or where is he? I can't find. Uh, it was so much fun. And that was like 
there, there's jobs you can have on the ship where you can like leverage yourself where it's like, I'm a cook. So if you want, you know, I can hook you up with food. If you give me this, I didn't have that going for me in my job. So it was kind of <laughs> like, look, if you, if you do this favor for me, you can come play Xbox tonight or whatever. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's what I had to leverage myself. But yeah, it was a lot of time splitters and I can't remember what else we played. Uh, that was just mentioning the golden eye stuff, man. Like, that's oh a whole, man, that's a whole time wasting topic where I can say any, how, any, how much time I put into that. Yeah. Any video game nerds at or around our age, you know, high school. That's that was that was Friday night. You know, we'd go grab Taco Bell and play oh, GoldenEye God. until you literally cannot hold your eyeballs open anymore. And oh, yeah. that was it. And just setting up game after game. I don't remember. I don't remember playing through the story mode more than maybe a time. And then well, it was multiplayer, multiplayer, multiplayer. I didn't have it in 64, but my friends did. And these two brothers, they, I mean, they went through the game and unlocked everything, every yeah. single thing. And so the multiplayer experience for that after they'd unlocked everything was pretty fantastic because they had all the characters, all the weapons, all the, every, all the maps, everything, everything was unlocked. So yeah. Yeah. It was so much fun. We kind of we'd make up our own games. Like whoever has the golden gun is that's your target. So everybody just go kill the guy with the golden gun. Like that's that's what we did. (laughs) So you had to know the maps to know where the guy was. Otherwise, they'd sneak up on you. And it was golden guns, one shot, one kill. Yeah. Oh, that was some of the most fun games too. It's just just free for all. Just kill them all. Kind of things. Wreck it up. I mean, Perfect Dark just improved on the formula. At least the multiplayer formula. Yeah. And it's like, you think about that, it's like, I went from that, went into, what else was there? Um, I think it flipped from that to Halo, and then Halo mm-hmm. to Call of Duty. And like, I really got into Call of Duty for a while there. Because I moved from, I, I was living in Austin, and I barely knew like five people here at the time. So this is like 2006. Yeah. So I ended up buying, I never owned an original Xbox. I bought an Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. And ended up playing with uh, two, a couple people we know, and one of them might be our future uh, host, guest host. Oh yeah, person that jumps in. Yeah, there you go. Recurring, we're hoping recurring guest host. We're hoping recurring guest host, and yeah, he was one of the people I played with. And we would spend, yeah, we would basically the three of us would go in, mute everybody else in the channel, and the three of us would just go in there. Everything. <laughs> um, PlayStation 2. So PlayStation 2 happened right as I was graduating high school. Yeah. was when I got mine. <clears throat> and uh, some friends of mine already had one, and that was when the first time Splitters game came out. And I remember playing that thinking, well, this could be a lot better, but the multiplayer was decent. We played that a lot. My original PS2, I, I sold it when I went into the Navy. But I had... I had Time Splitters. I had DOA, uh, DOA, the fighting game. Um, yeah. And what else did I have? I had Crazy Taxi. I had Crazy Red Planet. <laughs> yeah, with your soundtrack provided by The Offspring, which are also in your favorite movie soundtrack. Oh, that mention of it. Come on. It's, that it's podcast fair. is coming. The Batman Forever soundtrack. <laughs> with all of its mysteries. Um, yeah. yeah. Crazy Taxi. <laughs> I had Red Planet. I had oh, okay. well, Red Planet was 
It was a first-person shooter, but like it was totally environmental. So if a door was locked and you had enough explosives, you could get around that door. Yep. You could just burrow through the rock. It was pretty fun. Uh, man, what else did I have that I got rid of? I had, a, I had a good collection of games, and I sold it to a friend of mine when I joined the Navy. And then I got an Xbox later on. Nice. But yeah, a lot of multiplayer when I was oh. on, on the ship. Jumping, jumping back to the uh, the PC stuff. So there is a uh, Star Wars game, and I had to look it up the other day because you know, a buddy of mine who's apparently has a lot of free time, you know, you know, in between watching kids, has gotten back into video games, mm-hmm. and he found they re-released or remastered uh, Knights of the Old Republic, and he's getting it on oh. Xbox 360. Nice. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was I spent hours trying to remember this game, and uh, I just forgot. Is it Jedi Outcast? Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, I believe. Yeah, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. So I played that game a lot, and we decided to have – you could play online, but we decided to have mm-hmm. a LAN party. Oh, nice. <laughs> this is how I got all the chicks in high school. LAN <laughs> so we decided to have a LAN party, and this is this is how long ago it was. Go over there. I I bolt this gateway computer into my, my truck, nice. and I had a 17-inch monitor. A 17-inch CRT monitor. Mm-hmm. So this thing took up as much space in the seat as I did, almost. Right. And probably weighed about a quarter of what I weighed at the time. Put that in a seat and go over there, and it's like there are three of these in a little tiny apartment room. And yeah, that's enough heat to basically warm you on a 32, yeah, 32 below night. Three CRT right. monitors, so it's hotter than crap in there. But that game was totally worth it. Because it was just hours of just like kill fest, you know. You had to, you got to pick all your own skills, everything like that. It was just yeah skills. I got skills. You both have skills. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that game so much. Oh, Jedi Knight Two, I actually had for a little while. But like when I think Star Wars on a PC, I'm thinking X Wing or like Rebel Assault. Uh, X Wing Tie Fighter was like I think a good five years before uh, Jedi Outcast. Oh, totally. It was. Those are the, like some of the first like really cool uh, games to come out of Lucas Arts. Okay, well, the first Lucas Arts game is actually my favorite. It was on computer first, but then it got ported to the NES, and it's one of my favorite NES games. Uh, Maniac Mansion. Maniac Mansion. I don't. I know the name, but I don't think I ever played it. It's a point and click adventure game. There was a cup. There was one sequel, I think. Um, super fun. I mean, just. You go into this house to save a cheerleader who's been kidnapped by a mad scientist, and there's all kinds of weird stuff inside the house, and you got to figure out ways. There's like multiple endings, and there's I think six or seven characters you have to pick between to pick your team of three people. Yeah, and each one has different abilities, and depending on who you pick, and will dictate how you have to beat the game. And there's all these different endings. It's super fun. I remember that's a game I remember like spending the night at my friend's house and we'd try to figure out different ways to beat the game or different ways to do things around the house to get where you had to get to rescue the the cheerleader. You ever wonder what the cool kids were doing when the rest of us were playing video games? Psh, being yeah. dorks. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play Maniac Mansion and eat pizza rolls. Losers. Uh, ooh, bagel bites. Go back. Uh, Good old hot pockets where you, it's burning hot on the outside and it's still frozen in the middle. Yeah, I love hot pockets. 
and then all that shit, which is just basically shit. It's it's all complete garbage. Dude, yeah. I remember like in, so going back to Goldeneye, I'm playing Goldeneye, but like you'd go buy a couple of Taco Bell Grande meals. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it was just basically like a mix and match. You know, pick what you want: soft tacos, hard tacos, or burritos. And you get like a couple of couple of grande meals and some Mountain Dew, and you're good for the night. Or Surge. This is the late '90s, so it would have been Surge. <laughs> Surge. I remember. This. Wait, uh, you might remember this. Do you remember? Do you remember when they did uh, Surge campaigns at high school? High school. No. Was it? It was either Surge or Fruitopia. I don't. I think it was Surge. And it was basically like lunch one day, and it just yeah, Fruitopia, right? They had them lined up there, and then just like they came up, and then just hand you like a craft. Oh surge. yeah, yeah, like the radio stations would show up, and yeah, and it was just like it was just a straight up marketing campaign to get you yep. to buy surge. Well, they're bringing it back. You can buy it. You okay. can buy like you can, I think you can get it like at the corner stores, like you know the gas station or whatever. But you can you can buy a case of that crap on Amazon, and it comes in tall cans. By the way, I'm totally looking up Joel Cola to see if you can still buy it. They have a website. The corner store outside of our neighborhood used to sell Jolt Cola. I used to ride my bike there and buy it. Holy shit. Do you know the two places you can buy Jolt Cola according to their website? What's that? Amazon and Dollar General. Dollar <laughs> General? Like, Dollar General. That literally, they just like get a Jolt and it says Amazon and Dollar General. I was like, every bit of that makes sense. You can buy a 12-pack of 16-ounce cans of Surge for $13.27 on Amazon. You can buy you can buy Jolt on Amazon? How much is it? Do you remember what Jolt tastes like? It tastes like someone mixed uh, Pepsi and Coke together. I thought it always tasted like somebody put way too much of something in there. Like you could taste caffeine for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Jolt Cola basically is what caffeine tastes like. Yeah. Uh, so Jolt Cola. 16 fluid ounce, four count for twelve ninety nine. Thirteen bucks. <laughs> four of those for thirteen bucks. Energy carbonated energy drink original recipe. It's a soda, y'all. It's a cola. It's not a freaking energy drink. Soda pop with crack in it. Base. Oh, it's all the sugar and twice the caffeine. That was their marketing. <laughs> yeah. Dude, oh, I think man. the only reason I know knew a Jolt Cola was. I don't, I, I'll be honest. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get real here. It's like, yeah, the first person I saw the Joe Cola, I thought they were the coolest person in the world. It's like, they don't sell that anywhere. Where'd you get that? Yeah, but it was because of hackers. Because it's like, yeah, that was basically an endorsement. In that <laughs> <entire> movie. <laughs> um, they used to sell Joe Cola. There was a convenience store outside of the neighborhood you and I grew up in that I would ride my bike to and go buy it in a glass bottle, and I'd keep oh. three or four of them like. In my room, tucked away for when I needed it. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, though. Yeah. Well, I want to say I dropped off, quote unquote, dropped off the video game map six, seven, eight years ago, maybe. And I'm like, I have a, I have a small pool of things that I play now. Like, uh, I haven't owned, I haven't owned a console in years. I'll end up playing like you've heard of Clash of Clans, right? Yeah. Yeah, I spent some money into that, unfortunately. <laughs> It's like when you can say you throw a hundred, uh, probably over a hundred dollars into that game. It's like you've got problems, and I'll admit that. that but play that, some Minecraft, and you know maybe some other random things. Like uh, I think the last games I played was a part of a, a humble bundle that I bought. That was like 
it was a Christmas sale. So it's like, I got like 30 games for 20 bucks. So it's like, nice. you know, try them all out. One of them was a actually a train game that was actually quite fun. But other than that, I can't say I play a whole lot. Really. Um, the last cons, the last new console I bought, let's put it that way, um, was a Wii. And dude, I mean, we'll still fire that up. My daughter likes to play bowling on there. We'll do that every once in a while. Oh yeah, um, right. it's a bowling. Or, or, or like golden. it's, dude. I, I've I've probably got a few hundred dollars worth of money sunk into games on the Wii, and all I ever play is bowling. Um, <laughs> and it came with the dang system. Right. Um, she likes to play that. We'll play Mario Party or um, Rayman Rabbids, which is basically Mario Party without the board game part of it. It's just mini games. Yeah. Um, I've got. I don't know, a pretty good stack of games for that. I mean, like the Ghostbusters game for that was super fun. Um, that was like the supposed, like, that was that the script for that as the third movie, what it would have been the third movie, correct? It's the spiritual third movie, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I started playing that, never finished it. I bought a copy of, I have the GoldenEye reboot for, or not reboot, but reissue or remake or whatever you want to call it for Wii, which was fun. It was pretty good. That's it wasn't cool. it wasn't exactly the same, but it was a decent remake. Uh, I don't think I ever played the multiplayer on it. Mario Kart. Um, Mario yeah. Kart's got a name system. Yeah, pretty much. Punch Out. Actually, the Punch Out version uh, that the, they put on Wii was really good. Played the Punch Out version. That was pretty cool. Um, and that's the last new system I bought. I wouldn't mind having a Switch just because I could hang out and my wife could watch TV and I could play something super nerdy. Other than that, so, I'll, I'll I'll pick up a few red, old games every now and again. Yeah. The last game I got was a Valentine's Day gift for my wife, and she gave me a copy of Smash TV for Super Nintendo. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Yeah, I know. She gets me, man. Well, that's 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 not a bad thing, but most people don't have that, so yeah. good on you, man. And then I sent you that picture the other day. Um, I wrestled a 34-inch Sony Trinitron Wega flat screen tube into my my room up here for all my old games because flats like the new flat screens don't really work on Super Nintendo and things like that like the yeah lag issues and you know if you're in a game where you get hit and you flash your person just disappears like and yeah. then you wind up dying this is one of the better TVs you can get for retro games and I'm super happy I actually I bought this to years ago years ago to have okay. just as a tv yeah and i finally just moved into my game room you just like had it in storage or sitting somewhere it was actually it was actually in the game room in the house and my kid was using it as a tv but uh we upgraded her to a little like a little 35 inch flat screen and put it in there on the wall and she's super happy about it and i'm, and I'm equally as happy because i get a nice big tv to play link to the past on or whatever all right, so I gotta ask because, like I said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you haven't checked out Twitch, check out Twitch. But the the thought keeps occurring to me because you have the you, know, you have a very good game collection, and I have a crap ton of recording equipment and everything in between. How would you feel about doing if we just just said screw it and come into town? We do a Twitch stream, forty minute podcast, one hundred percent. We're gonna play through a crap ton of games. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> That was easy enough. And actually, you know what I've got? It's sitting outside my mailbox. I need to go get it. Um, I bought the cable to hook up my N64 and Super Nintendo. 
uh, through S video to this TV. And I'm really super excited about it. I don't know why I haven't bought one of these before, I guess, cause I didn't know SNES outputs S video, but apparently it looks really nice. Once you get it hooked up. If you go look there, there's a lot of up, upscale converting and like, but they're, they're super expensive. It's really cool with like, oh, a, like, a, like a frame Meister. Yeah. Like I've seen some of like 300 bucks. Oh yeah, no, they're not cheap in the friggin' least. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna spend three hundred dollars on a frame meister, I am gonna go and buy like an analog NT or a super analog NT. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm not gonna spend three hundred bucks on a frame meister. No, sorry. Personally, I think at this point, all I do and like, yeah, I don't care. I'll say it. I I get I'd buy an NES Mini or or, or what is it called again? SNES Mini. This. Yeah. Ooh, got the box and everything. No, yeah, it stays up here on the shelf. Well, no, I yeah. think I'd go buy one of those and then hook it up because that's HDMI, right? It is HDMI. Um, it, when while I do have one of these and I want to buy the NES Mini re-release when that happens because that's happening soon. That's oh, happening it? like later in the spring or in the summer. I, I've never, I haven't found the release date. Um. While I I have the Super Nintendo one and I want the NES, I would still buy a, a Raspberry Pi and make a retro emulation out of that. And I know, and I'm fully aware that I can turn this Super Nintendo Mini into the emulator machine that I want. I think there's something to be said for leaving it the way it is. And oh, it's, it's it's to me that to me, this is a collector's item. To me, this is something I want to have, and yeah, you know, it's a cool little thing to have on myself, but. Then, like, you get the Raspberry Pi, it's, I mean, you're talking about whole setup and everything like that. Everything you need probably is less than 60 bucks. Um, I know the machine itself is, you know, and, and there's, like, a little case you can get for it that looks like a NES or a Super Nintendo. Usually, like, which comes with like a nine or ten bucks, and yeah. you're talking about the, the Raspberry Pi is 35 and that's $9 mm-hmm. per cable. And you then, like, get a yeah. decent controller. I just have a controller with my computer, and that's it. Yeah. I've got, like, a whole... Plastic thing with like three drawers in it, and those are all full. And then I've got a tub in the closet in my room that's got extra parts and extra controllers and yeah. stuff I'm never going to use and whatever old memory cards. I part of me wants to get into collecting. It I takes mean, up a lot of room. <laughs> it really does. Oh, well, I, I can buy the shelf space for it. I don't get there. Right. <laughs> but yeah, because I definitely have the room right now. But it's it would just be. I feel like I was late to the game with it. That's the only thing I really reason I don't start it. Well, and I got my plan stuff, but you know, it'd just be really late. And and price wise, right now, it's not a good time to really get into it because you know, if you if you want to get a copy of Contra, that's ridiculous. It's like thirty bucks. Why would I pay thirty dollars for Contra? Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. It's like a lot of people have gotten smart about it. Like, um, like here in Austin, I haven't found a Goodwill that actually has like electronics, electronics for sale a lot of times because they have their Goodwill computer store and yep. they have everything locked up in there. And it's like, they're not, they're not horribly overcharging, but it's definitely not cheap by any means. No, there's one of those around. Well, it's not around here, but there's one in Houston that I know of. Um, regular Goodwills, the closest thing to a score I've gotten at a regular Goodwill was a PlayStation 2 controller. And oh. I had a PlayStation 2, but no controllers. <laughs> so I bought it and it was like $4, I think, but that's just, just like, you're not going to find much at a Goodwill in the way of video games. 
um, half price books used to have stuff. I mean, they still do, but I think they got smart and they realized they should be going on eBay to figure out how much they need to be selling stuff for, uh, which, which is a, yeah, don't go there. There's, there's an online vendor that I'll buy from every now and again. And I haven't surfed Craig, my best Craigslist find for, I think I paid $40 for this box that this girl who just broke up with her boyfriend, this dude left it at her house or whatever. And <laughs> she was selling it and she's like $40 who wants it. And I saw the posting and I immediately texted her and said, I want it. I'm, I'm coming after work. It was an NES, um, a generation next, which is an NES clone. And it's one of the better ones, a couple of zapper guns, um, some controllers and 50 games, five, zero games, $40. And there was like all the Mario games, Tyson's Punch Out, Zelda. Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you would want. And there was some weird yeah. stuff in there too, but 50 games and two systems and controllers and everything, $40. That was my best score. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad score. I had a buddy of mine who was in uh, Oklahoma. He messaged me one day and goes, Yeah, this guy's trying to sell me at NES. I think it was at NES in about 30. 30 or 40 games and he said like 120 150 bucks i was like yeah i'd do that that's not terrible by any means as long as it's working yeah as long as the nas is working because let me GameStop was going to charge you like 50 or 60 for your nas at the time and all those games basically five if you were to five or two buck them out it's going to be 60 150 dollars anyways right so even if the games weren't you know as long as you saw something in there you wanted it's like that wasn't a terrible deal but i've got so i've got my regular toaster nintendo like the model one i've also got the model two uh the top loader one. Oh yeah the the re-release that came out later that ain't better that ain't better for you it i mean i've rebuilt my nintendo so it works i mean there's no flashing light or whatever typically uh, i probably need to get in there and clean it out there's two things you should do if you if you buy a nintendo off of craigslist put a new 72 pin connector in it and disable the there's a lockout chip that keeps you from playing supposed to keep you from playing like third party games that mm-hmm. Nintendo didn't approve or whatever. You unplug one of the pins from the chip itself and it disable it. It's the power. So it just, now the chip doesn't work and you can play whatever you want. Yeah. That resolves a lot of the blinking light issues. And that's uh, like, so, you can find that shit on YouTube these days. Oh yeah, totally. It I takes, know. it takes no time at all. I'm not that tech savvy. So <laughs> when I, when I see a video that says, Oh yeah, you just, unscrew this and here you are and unplug that. So I've got that one, but the top loader one tends to work better the first time. So you shove a game on the top, but the only problem is it's RF. So you have to hook up that little gray cable box thing and put it to the back of your TV. My regular NES, I can put a composite video cable on it and plug it into the front. Yeah. And it's better picture and sound. I just love the uh, I love the old school daisy chain of like the RFs. <laughs> you've got your off. you've got your VCR going into the the little auxiliary port on the RF adapter thing that goes back into your TV and it's all a big mess and you're gonna shock yourself one night when you're trying to fix it or something. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm familiar. Yeah, no, that's all just crap. Total <laughs> crap. Yeah. Uh, well, that's our episode, and uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna get the spiel. I've been practicing the spiel. Okay. 
If you want to complain about us, talk to us. Tell us we're idiots. Tell us we're morons. Tell us we're wonderful. Even send us money, maybe. I don't care. Whatever. 40 in a movie at gmail.com. At 40 in a movie on Twitter. And then um, I don't I don't remember we have an Instagram, but sure. And then uh, Facebook.com slash 40 in a movie. And if you don't, if you're wondering why it's called 40 in a podcast and why everything we own is 40 in a movie, because I don't know. We'll make an episode explaining that in great detail one day. Till then, just send it to us. Whatever. Good night, kids. Have fun. See you guys. I'm out of beer. Later.